this is a, a, episode 15. It's called Friends. Hey everyone, it's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. Well, hello everybody. Okay, so before I get started, I just would like to paint a little visual for you, if I might. I am in the basement. I'm underneath a giant quilt that is braced with a with a chair. I'm, I'm in a blanket fort, okay? That's what's happening, and I really wish you had some video so you could enjoy this visual because it's quite something, let me tell you. But there's a lot of action in my house, so I'm just trying to make it... Oh, I'm trying to make it quiet because the audio is... It's a struggle, you know? But anyway, doesn't matter. This episode is about friends. Not about the 90s television series, but like actual real life friends and how much they mean to us. Like the song says, you gotta have friends. That's not how it goes, but you know, you know the one. And uh, yeah, friends are good. What would, we, what would we do? What would we be without them? Because they lift us up. They make us laugh. They love us for who we are, warts and all. I hate the word warts. When you are the parent of a child with disabilities, you sure find out who your real friends are pretty quick. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. But in this episode, I'm going to focus on childhood friendships. And I'm sure every single parent on earth has a story about a time when their child was left out or bullied we're just made to feel pretty crappy by a friend. And it absolutely happens in all situations. And every situation is no different, except it is quite different in some ways. Because a lot of times when she's been left out or teased, she hasn't even realized it was happening, which thank God for that. But I mean, I realized it. And oh, as you can imagine, it, it stings. It really stings. So I thought I'd share a couple of examples of times when Avery was deliberately excluded, unbeknownst to her, partially due, I think, to something that I like to call the the bad behavior bubble, which is a very specific age range for kids when they become temporarily, well, usually, I hope, insensitive and just kind of awful, to put it bluntly. And I'm not saying that kids are bad because there's no such thing as a bad child, but there's definitely such a thing as bad behavior. And the behavior I'm referring to is the deliberate exclusion and the outright meanness directed at people who are different. And I'm thinking about my daughter here, people who are different physically, intellectually, whatever. I don't know if it's a bubble we can actually burst. And I wonder if it's, well, it's probably just a developmental phase, but I definitely think that parents can teach their children empathy and acceptance and hopefully make that bad behavior bubble a little smaller. If you didn't know, before having Avery, I was a teacher and I taught elementary school and I don't know, I think I was pretty fun, but I was also fairly strict. People who know me think that's funny, but it's true. I didn't tolerate rude behavior from my students, like zero tolerance. And I felt like my role as an educator allowed me to address disrespectful conduct with the intention of hopefully turning it around. But as a parent, uh, 
yeah, I don't accept rude behavior either from my own from my own children. In my role as queen of my house, I shut down snarky comments and eye rolls like right quick. But as a person in the world trying to teach my kids, but also protect them, sometimes I just have to learn to tolerate other people's rude kids. I mean, I want to shake them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to shake them. That's awful. I would like to address them and speak to their parents and say, like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you allowing this? Can you not teach your kids to be kind? The shaking part is, is probably assault. So I keep my hands to myself and my mouth shut for the most part, but it is really, 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 really hard. You know what I mean, right? Like this one time, not that long ago, just as an example of the kind of thing I'm talking about, Avery and I were waiting for her brother. He was at this thing and Avery spotted these two young kids who looked to be around seven or eight, maybe, and there were no parents around. And these two were just playing and I thought, ooh, perfect, playmates, something to pass the time while we wait. So these two kids, a girl and a boy, were playing some kind of Harry Potter game. They were like, acting out scenes from one of the books or something. And I thought, oh, how cute and refreshing to see kids pretending like that. So Avery asked for permission to go over to them. In case you hadn't guessed, Avery is a very friendly, outgoing person. She just loves people, like all people. And her biggest thrill in life is making a new friend. So she called over to them. And as she got closer, she shouted, hi. And the kids heard her and they stopped what they were doing and they just stared. But they didn't see me watching. So they didn't say anything to her. So she was like, uh, hi, friends, what are you doing? And they just continued to stare at her. And then, oh, this is the part I cannot tolerate. They started whispering to each other. And I couldn't hear what they said, but they started laughing and they just ran away. And the boy kept turning back and looking over his shoulder, laughing. Oh, God, that makes my blood boil. So Avery, God love her. She just stood there looking confused. And of course, I wanted to go over and say something to them, but I didn't because I knew it would just draw more attention to their bad bubble behavior. So instead, I just made excuses for them. I was like, oh, it looks like they just needed to get home. (laughs) Let's play I Spy. Because sometimes redirection is really just the only course of action. Side note, this blanket fort is freaking hot. (laughs) I need some some water, but I will carry on. Um, So yeah, if I had had backup then though, like someone to distract Avery so I could have spoken to those kids, I totally would have. But yeah, I didn't. And Avery wasn't upset, so we just moved on. The bad behavior bubble, it is real. And we've come across it time and time again, because most kids up to the age of seven, like little kids are absolutely delightful. They're generally kind, non-judgmental, and they're incredibly inclusive. So when we go to the park and there are young children there, I am a happy, relaxed mama because Avery plays so well with little kids. And she just, I don't know, she takes on this general leadership role and playtime is actually quite playful and so lovely. But it seems as though when kids turn seven, I don't know why that's the magic number, but it just, it goes teats up. You know, it's (laughs) the bad behavior bubble is born. 
And it's this window, okay, in our experience anyway, where some kids and not all, but many just suddenly click, switch over from this like inclusive, kind, gentle nature to this intolerant and sometimes a little cruel behavior. And apart from the classmates who know and love Avery or friends who have like pre-existing relationships with her, I keep a really close eye on typical kids at the park who are between the ages of seven and 11. It's just a thing. I don't know if anyone else has experienced it. Oh my God, my foot's asleep. Oh, excuse me. Hold on a second. So yeah, if you've experienced this and you know what I'm talking about, I would love to hear from you. And again, I should say that I'm not claiming that all kids in this age bubble are rude. There are definitely some tweens who absolutely engage earnestly with Avery and they smile at her and they say hello and they include her. But this is often, sadly, the exception. Like, why? And I'm asking in earnest as a teacher, as a parent, and as a person. I mean, I know it's developmental for sure. Kids at that age are just trying to work out their place in the general pecking order. And there's power struggles and all of that sort of thing because, you know, we're animals, it's nature. But when your child is a lion cub and my child is a lamb, it would be it would be nice if you taught your cub how to retract their claws and just play gently. <sighs> but what I don't understand is when kids act like this, and sadly it does happen a lot, you know, shout out to all the parents of quirky kids, the different kids, the disabled kids who know exactly what I'm talking about. And their parents are there and witness this behavior and they do nothing about it. Or if they do, it's just a wishy-washy response at best. It's, it's just, uh, I don't know. If your kid is mean, just shut it down. Be the adult. I don't feel like that's a lot to ask. But apparently it is because it happens more than you would think. And I know you can't control how your kids treat other kids when they're away from you, but when they are with you, observe how they interact with other kids. Like, are they inclusive? Are they fair? Are they kind? And if not, step in and help them. Or at the very least, just talk to them about it afterwards. Actually, don't talk to them. Talk talk with them, I guess. Because a two-way conversation is always better than a lecture, I think. Anyway, you can absolutely teach kids how to be better humans. You need to spell out what is acceptable behavior and what is not. And then maybe when you're not around, when a friendly little girl says hello to them, they'll say hello back. Okay, here's another example. Avery loves playing at the park and she'd stay there for hours if she could. But since she's a child with a disability, she can't go to the park by herself like her peers can. They can come and go as they please, but... This kiddo has to drag her mother along. And I know drag makes me sound like an unwilling companion, but I'm usually, I'm usually content to supervise, though some days it is, if I'm honest, kind of inconvenient and boring. <laughs> like after a few pumps on the swing and maybe like an awkward chin up or two on the monkey bars, my thoughts quickly turn to like, what am I going to make for dinner? Or I have to return that phone call or, oh my God, I have to pee or... I wish I had more coffee or, oh God, I really, really have to pee. (laughs) But she's a kid who needs fresh air and climbing and swinging and companionship and your basic childhood fun. So I park myself at the park, even though I dread the park. 
I really do because more often than not, stuff like this happens. So we head to the park one day after lunch and Avery spots this group of kids playing grounders, like bubble-aged kids, I might add. And Avery literally happy clapped with excitement. I mean, this kind of active social fun is totally her jam. So she's chasing the kids up the ladders and down the slides and she's happily yelling, grounders, which is super cute to watch. Well, cute until a boy I didn't recognize steps in front of Avery and says, I don't know. I don't know what he said. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I could tell by Avery's body language that it wasn't anything good. And as he spoke, Avery, I could see her. She was shaking her head like, no, no. And he's laughing, but like not in a shared joke kind of way in a, I don't know, not a nice way. And so then this girl climbs up the ladder and she leans in towards the boy and she's like, shh. And he totally ignored her and continued speaking to Avery. And then the girl just said, told him to stop it, but he didn't. So she climbed up the rest of the way up the ladder and she stood right beside him and she said, shut up. And then she was nodding her head like in the direction of the bench where I was. And she wasn't defending Avery in case that's what you were hoping for. She was warning him that the mother of the girl he was talking to was watching and now standing, getting ready to walk over to them. And he looked over at me and he just froze. I think I, I think I paralyzed him with my eye daggers. So I call over to Avery and just ask her to come over. And I'm like, what, uh, what was that boy saying to you? Like trying to keep a lightness in my voice that was completely forced. And she's like, yeah, he said I, I can't play with him and I should just go away. Uh-huh. And that's where I had to make a choice to either make a scene and draw attention to the fact that my daughter is different and separate from the group or to diffuse the situation and just allow Avery to enjoy the rest of her time at the park. And I got to say, teacher Lisa finds it very difficult not to school other people's kids at the park. I'm always like, get down from there. Or, you know, we say, excuse me, do you have the time? (laughs) It's a struggle. It is a struggle to keep it in sometimes. So my natural instinct was to teach this boy a lesson, but like at what cost? Avery would have been upset by it because harsh tones and scolding or anything remotely unhappy makes her uneasy. So she wasn't upset at this point. She understood she wasn't allowed to play, but she didn't grasp his tone or get that she was being excluded and made fun of. So my choice was to simply protect her enjoyment of her time at the park. And I think I said something like, Uh, you know what? There are a lot of big kids running around and he was probably just worried that you'd get knocked down or hurt or something. (sighs) That made sense to her because people are always watching out for her. So, you know, why would this boy be any different? So she ran off to push a toddler on the swings and her sunny afternoon day at the park was preserved and I was pissed. (sighs) But you know what? I'm assuming that this boy was just frustrated and... Because, I mean, Avery didn't understand the rules of grounders. I mean, who does? Like, that game is so pointless, if you ask me. The person who is it just runs around with their eyes closed and yells out the name of anyone they think may have stepped off the play structure or whatever. Yeah, and the kids cheat, and they're constantly peeking to make sure they don't run into a pole or something. I think it's time for a new game, kiddos. Anyway, Avery was slowing the game down by yelling grounders and just, you know, randomly tagging people. So fine. But he dealt with it in a way that was belittling a little girl who just wanted to join the fun, which is not cool. So yeah, incidents like that happen a lot. Like every second trip to the park, perhaps. 
and it stinks. But when it's strangers, it's much easier to handle or deal with than when it happens with real friends because that is painful. And yes, Avery understands it. She knows when real friends are excluding her and it's really hard. And this is where the friendship struggle gets real. So I'm going to tell one more story. And this is the this is the, this is the tricky one. So at first, a little bit of background. When Avery, what was well, her entire elementary school career, she was integrated into a, a typical classroom and she had EA support throughout and her curriculum was modified. And we did have the option of removing her and enrolling her in a contained classroom or a communications program, they call it. But for us, she seemed to thrive in a learning environment with her chronologically same aged peers. So from an education perspective and a social perspective, it worked really well for us. And like I said, for the most part, classmates, her classmates were incredible, but there were exceptions like this one. So in the fourth grade, Avery came home all excited to report that there was this new girl in her class because it's always exciting when there's a new kid, right? And this new girl was spunky and fun and energetic, which is something that Avery always gravitates toward. She's like... She's like her mother that way. We like the fun people. So this girl, let's call her Amy for the sake of anonymity, was new to Canada and didn't speak any English. So she, Avery went over to help her and was like, because she's like, she's one of the helping people. And she and Amy became best friends almost immediately She was living in her neighborhood with her dad and her older sister, and her mom was still overseas working. Her dad didn't speak English either, so it made made communication a little bit tricky, but I think he was pretty grateful to have a family watching out for his daughter, and Amy spent almost every day after school at our house. Avery and Amy got along so well, and they just had a blast together. They were both super active and creative kids, and so it it was a perfect match. And they were still great friends and in the same class in grade five, and they continued to have an amazing relationship. And Amy had come along so far, and she was able now to communicate in English. And I mean, there weren't as many playdates after school, but Amy still played with Avery at recess, and she came to all the parties we hosted at our house. Because when your kid isn't always invited to parties, like, let's be real, like almost never invited to parties you make the party. So we hosted Halloween parties, Christmas parties, birthday parties, Easter parties, you name it. Avery absolutely loved it. And so did I, like that was my jam. And Avery came, not Avery, Amy came to every single, I'm struggling not to say the girl's real name, but uh, yeah, she came to almost every single party. No, she came to every party. And then near the end of grade five, Avery and Amy and another girl did a group project that they were going to present at this special science fair at school. And at this point, Amy's mother was now back in Canada, and so she came to this fair. And this was the first time I was going to get to meet her. And so we met, and she was super friendly and quite excited to meet Avery because she'd never met her. And their interaction was brief, but the look of confusion on Amy's mother's face said a lot. I mean, I'm assuming she hadn't realized that Avery was intellectually disabled. And things changed a lot after that. And I'm not saying it's because of that interaction or that realization, 
but that's just, that's just the way the timing went. Cause about a week after that, Avery invited Amy over after school to bake cookies with us. And Amy said she would love to come super great. So after school, we waited and waited with no word from Amy. So we went ahead and baked the cookies without her. And it was a really sad sight seeing Avery with this plate of cookies waiting expectantly by the door for Amy to arrive. And she never did. So no text, no phone call, just no Amy. And Avery was crushed. Amy never came over again after that, even though she was invited tons of times. And she always seemed to have an excuse, like she had piano lessons or she needed to help her family with something or she had to work on her homework. And then one time she said, just quite bluntly, my mom says I can't play with you. That's fun. So we hosted an end of the school year party at our house. And of course, Amy was invited and you could tell she was excited and she wanted to come. But in the end, she declined and said she was having dinner with her family and she wouldn't be able to make it. So then in seventh grade, it got really bad. And Amy basically wanted nothing to do with Avery. And she started making fun of her at recess and whispering, love the whispering, and laughing with her friends. And this actually made Avery just want attention from her even more. And she would chase after her and continuously ask her to play. It was, it was a bad situation. And the worse Amy treated Avery the harder she would try. That was like me in high school with boys. (laughs) I like the mean ones. Like, what is that all about? Anyway, it was both heartbreaking and infuriating. So, but teachers were aware of this and they did a really good job of monitoring the situation. And I even requested that Avery not be in Amy's class in grade seven and eight because it was just too distracting for her. And of course I was protective of my child and annoyed with Amy, but I also felt sorry for her because there was obviously a reason she was acting this way. And at the end of it all, I just felt, I just felt sorry for her. And Avery still talks about her sometimes like a little bit obsessively, like in a loop. So we just try to redirect and then focus on her positive friendships. And I've asked Avery if she'd like to share a little bit about how that relationship with Amy felt to her. She's not going to be able to say Amy. She's going to say her real name. So I hope hope I could figure out how to bleep it out. But yeah, she said she'd love to talk about it. So here she is. Hello, Avery. Hi, mama, mama, mama. (laughs) So listen, I was just in a blanket fort, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And I was talking about what's the subject of today's episode? Friends. Friends. Yeah. I was talking about friends, and I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, if that's okay. That's okay, me. Okay. Okay, sweet. So, Avery, what is, like, what is the best thing about having a friend? Friends? Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're funny, and they are having fun with me, and also I, I, I read down their books, stuff like that. You do a lot of things with your friends, don't you? Yes. What? And you know what? You're a really great friend. Like um, kindergartners. You like you've got kindergartner friends. You've got friends who are your age, and you've got friends who are older. What makes a good friend? Like, what do you have to do to be a good friend? Hmm. Let's see. 
do you have to include them? Yes. Do you have to be kind to them? Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. What happens when friends don't include you sometimes or they're sometimes unkind? Do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about how it felt when Amy... No, no. No, it's okay. We're going to use a different name so we don't embarrass her. She doesn't listen to this podcast, but you just never want to hurt someone's feelings, right? On purpose. Yeah, so so we're, we're going to call her Amy. But if you accidentally say her name, it's okay. I, I think I know how to bleep it out. So can you tell us, how did that feel when Amy was your really, really, really good friend and then all of a sudden she wasn't your good friend? How did that feel? She was my friend. Now she was mean. She made she she made new friends. Um, her, her her actual name, but I I, I cannot tell her, her actual name. You don't have to tell her actual name. So, how did that make you feel when you would go up to her in the playground and you would ask to play and she would say no? How did that make you feel? Angry. Angry. Rightly so. I hear you, sister. But, um, but I have a, I have different friends. You do have different friends. You've got some great friends. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about how to be a good friend? Like, what would you have any suggestions for how to be a good friend? No, that's all I just know. That's all you have for now? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. No problem. Yeah, that was a sad story. But fortunately, the majority of Avery's memories from elementary school are super happy. Like most of Avery's friends and classmates were absolutely lovely and inclusive and very protective. And Avery had this one friend in particular who she absolutely adored for all of middle school. And this child was a fierce, fierce protector of Avery. And she even defended her against the child, you know, mentioned in the other story. And I have to say, she made elementary school so much easier like for me personally, because I knew Avery always had an extra set of eyes on her at lunch and on the playground. And this friend was a total mama duck to Avery. It was, it was really comforting, but she left in the last year of elementary school to go to a different school. But of course she vowed to keep in touch and said she'd, you know, she'd always be Avery's friend. Of course I didn't hold her to that. I mean, reality, right? And she met new friends and understandably was off living her best teenage life. And like we tried to keep in touch with little notes dropped off at her door and, you know, Instagram messages, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Avery was a little heartbroken missing her friend and she didn't understand it. And like, I don't know, how do you even explain something like that? So Avery eventually just stopped asking when she'd see her again. Ugh, God, it's sad, but I totally get it. I mean, Avery is so much younger than this typical friend in so many ways and their lives are so different and this girl is not responsible for Avery's happiness and Avery has plenty of beautiful and she has a lot of great friends so I try not to dwell on it because it does leave me with this empty feeling and I think part of that has to do with feeling disappointment for Avery but also I think maybe it's some of my own trauma from friendships I've lost but yeah That's a whole deep dive right there. But then you get a note like this. Um, I opened Instagram the other day and there was this message just waiting there in my inbox. And it was sent by a friend of Avery's from elementary school. And we lost track of her like, 
I don't know, a while ago, um, she moved away and I just assumed she was off living her life as she should. And I didn't really give it a second thought. And then, and then she wrote this. Hi, this is, uh, Jane Smith. (laughs) I'm so good at the incognito names. I don't know if you remember me, but I lived in your neighborhood for two years and I had Mrs. Day with Avery in grade six. I live in Arizona now, but one day I was missing Avery's cute face and out of curiosity, I searched up Avery's name to find so much stuff that you have posted of her, a podcast, a blog, and Instagram. Avery was the first friend that I made in Canada. We were locker buddies and if I ever got left out, Avery would always include me. I remember being invited to her Valentine's party and enjoying every second of it. Anyway, I just wanted to reach out and tell you what an impact Avery has had on my life. She has the biggest heart and is the cutest and is so sincere and thoughtful. Whenever I think about her, I can't help but smile at her selflessness. Thank you for posting things with Avery in it because it makes me so happy. I love her so much. Oh, Jesus, I barely got through that. The heck, first of all, her mom should be so proud because what a beautiful person! And to take the time like, I mean, this is a teenager we're talking about here, right? For her to take the time to reach out to me to tell me about the impact that Avery has had on her life and what a special person Avery is, it means the world. Oh my god, (laughs) I'm a puddle, I need a minute. The bad behavior bubble does exist, but it doesn't last forever. It isn't easy, but we deal with it, and we try not to judge and treat kids who are struggling with kindness and compassion and understanding, and moms like me try not to stab kids with their dagger eyes. Try, I said. There's no guarantees. So, summary. Yep. That's what I do. It's all well and good to tell parents to teach kids how to be kind and inclusive and all that, but how do you teach kids that? I'm not an expert, but here's what we have tried. First, start from an early age, like from the get-go. Help your kids understand that different is okay. It's more than okay. It's interesting. It's fun. It's not something that should be feared, but it's something special to be explored, like Life would be boring if everyone was the same. We've all heard that, and it's totally true. And like I've said before, it's not about telling our kids this. It's not a lecture. It's showing them. It's leading by example. And one thing that's always worked for us is role-playing. It's a great learning tool. It's really effective, especially when you give examples of scenarios where somebody that your child loves is affected. So you might say, like, Let's uh, use a sibling. You know, you say to your child, um, what if, you know, Johnny, why do we always say Johnny, Johnny? What if Johnny was in the playground and wanted to play with another child and that child told Johnny to go away and they didn't like Johnny? How do you think, how do you think Johnny would feel? And what would you, how would you handle that? Like, that's a terrible example, but you know what I'm saying? Like you want to connect it emotionally to somebody they know and then act out that scenario because then they can feel the feelings instead of just telling them to be kind or telling them to be inclusive. Give them examples of how not being inclusive would feel to somebody they love and get some feedback from them and just keep practicing because 
Wouldn't the world be a lovely place if everyone grew up knowing that compassion is cool and that kind kids grow up to be happier, healthier, more whole adults? Yeah, that's about it. And I hope that Amy is doing okay. I really, really do. Okay, here's Avery's hilarious, not at all hilarious, joke from her joke book. Knock, knock. Who's there? X. Etch who? Bless you. <laughs> got it? I do get it. Pass me a Kleenex. No problem. Your support means so much to us. So thank you for cheering us on and for sharing the podcast. We are thrilled that this bright, beautiful community is growing this way. If you know somebody who you think might dig this podcast, please go ahead and share. And if you'd like to leave us a comment, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us an audio message through the Anchor app. I know it sounds super technical, but it's actually pretty easy. Or you can comment old timey style by leaving us a comment on our podcast page, which is linked in the show notes. Or come on over to Instagram and chat with us there. Thanks for listening.